I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The second Masters 1000 of the year is upon us from the most picturesque venue in tennis. It's day three in Monte Carlo, located about eight miles from Italy, and eight Italians took the court, hoping to prevail in the principality. Plus, the top seed in Charleston, Algebur, began her run in search of a first career WTA title. So what's trending, and who's posting? We're checking the hashtags and handles from all the tennis platforms. Whoa, watch your step. TC Live starts right now. The sun has set in Charleston on day two of the NUSC Health Women's Open. We've got a first-time winner on the WTA. Welcome to TC Live, our 30-minute post-game show. Getting you caught up on all the news and highlights from across the tennis world. Into our new studios here in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman back with Chad Rubin. Great to see you. We missed you in Charleston. I missed you in Charleston. I missed you too. I felt like you were, I was with you because we saw you every day though. Yes. And uh, you and Ted were, were, thank you very much for all, for all the love. Gave out some great nuggets. Really appreciate it. How about a 15 year old getting her first win? She'll turn 16 in 18 days, but getting her first win on the WTA, kind of a weird way to do it with a retirement. It was, and you kind of wonder how she will process the way that match ended because she struggled so much with Vertova to try to get over the finish line and didn't actually have to do it herself, which is an important step for any player. But the fact that she got through it and, and put herself in that position for Corneta then retire, I think there's a lot to be said for it because she kept fighting, she kept battling, and, and that's a good sign for her. Great fighting spirit from the teenager. We also have John Wertheim on TC Live today. John, joining us via Skype, as always. John, what were you doing at 15? Yeah, I got to ask you, Steve, have you ever heard the name Manon Bolograph or maybe Maple Laval? Those names uh, ring a bell to you? Laval Laval rings a bell because I I, I did the same research you did. (laughs) 15-year-old Sandra Rubin defeated both of those players at Miami in 1991. So let it be known that was an impressive win by a 15-year-old. But we are in the... I did not remember that until Steve, you just told me my first round and John, now you're, you're adding to it, but yeah, I, I, you know, seem to recall some good first round wins. And you had just turned 15. So younger than Linda. Well, it's not about me now though, Steve. (laughs) It's not about me now. It's always about you, Chanda. All right, let's start Monte Carlo. Day two from the principality. We've got big time matchups and we start with world number five, Stefano Tsitsipas against the Lion, Aslan Karatsev. Just three losses this year for the Russian Chanda, but he would add another one today. Yeah, this was a bit of another yeah, level in Tsitsipas's game. He got off to a great start, breaking serve early, taking that first set, and the second kept the momentum going. This was Tsitsipas up a break, and he was still aggressive, playing excellent in the midcourt area and at the net. Would not get broke and save all four break points he faced, Tsitsipas, and 
did a good job in the teeth of this match not giving Karatsev any openings. You win a match of Monte Carlo, you get some face time with Prakash Worldwide. You managed to really get him behind the baseline. What was your sort of strategy in, in trying to do that today? Well, I was expecting him to get back. It's not easy playing on the line on clay. It's a surface that, <laughs> yeah, uh, very few people can do that. So I was quite impressed that he was playing the way he played uh, in, at the very beginning. But I, yeah, I did eventually see that he moved a few, ste few steps back and um, I reconstructed my tactic against him. <laughs> That's what makes him so good. He's, he's able to learn during a match. John reached his first ATP final in Barcelona. Last year's semifinals at Roland Garros. Could this be Stefano Tsitsipas's best surface? That's an interesting way to put it. I mean, I thought this was a real statement match today. Um, playing against Karatsev, a guy who likes to play tennis on his own terms, and Steph was having none of it. Played in the doubles as well. But no, you raise an interesting point, Steve. We don't necessarily think of him as a clay quarter, but you go look at his record, you look at his winning percentage, and we will know a lot more in these next few weeks. But this is a formidable clay quarter, and he sure looked apart today. Said he helped him get stronger and stronger each time. That clay court experience. We'll see if Steph can do some more damage in Monte Carlo. Best performance third round. Meantime, the defending champion, Fabio Fonini, two years ago, the Italian won the biggest title of his career here, took out 11-time champ Rafa Nadal on the way. He was born close by, practice on these courts since he was 14. And this year, Fonini starting his title defense against Misha Ketsmanovic, 21-year-old making his Monte Carlo debut, John. Not a guy on a three-match losing streak that Fonini was, but Fonini looked terrific today. Can this be right? 27 winners to only five for Ketsmanovic. It was really a nice day at the office for Fonini here. He was born in San Rico. I mean, this is really a hometown tournament for him. And, uh, it's a little strange to think of him as a defending champion. He had a great year, but he looked terrific today. This is match point. That is a solid way title defense for Fonini here. 85 minutes of work for Fabio Fonini. Has those good vibes in Monte Carlo. Chanda, he had lost his opening match in his last two events, but said he felt some pressure this week. What's it like coming back to a place where you've won your biggest title? You know, you want to do well. There is that additional pressure, but you also have the good feelings from winning the title. And for Fonini, it had been a couple of years, so a little bit different than a player coming back the following year, but a good start. You're never quite sure with Fonini where he's going to start out in a match, but he clearly showed how much this title defense means to him. Start out, started out well with good intensity, and I think that helped him throughout the match. You, those good feelings start coming back, and everything starts flowing just a little bit better. I mean, it was so special two years ago, John. We saw him take out Nadal, take out Zverev. I mean, so many fantastic wins for Fabio Fonini on the road to the victory in Monte Carlo. Uh, what do you expect to see from him the rest of this week? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because coming into this, he was not playing great tennis, obviously had the injuries of surgery last year. He's almost 34 years old, and yet he seems to be rejuvenated. I mean, it's, it's one match. Let's not read too much into it, but that was a very, very solid win today. You look at the draw and you say, you know, who, who knows? This guy bolstered by, you know, not, not going to have a huge crowd, but there is this sentimental attachment to this place where, again, he was born a few miles from there. This could be a very interesting week for Fabio Fonini, who needs something to really get his year started. It hasn't been a great 2021 for him so far.
All right, we will have all the rest of the highlights from Monte Carlo coming up later on TC Live. But first, second straight week for the ladies in Charleston. The top seed is Ange Jabeur. Had a career high after making the semifinals at the Volvo Car Open last week. Did not have much trouble today, Chanda. Yeah, quick turnaround for Jabour, who almost picked up where she left off getting to that semifinal. Didn't serve as great today, but was so good behind her serve. See the variety in her game. She's got so many different shots and was able to keep Vogela in the near court, keep her off balance time and time again. And right here at the end of the first is where Jabour started putting those shots into play at the right moments. Got the momentum after taking the first set and carried it into the second. And again, Vogela trying to come in, trying to mix it up a bit, but just could not settle in, could not get comfortable with all of the different shots that were thrown at her from Jabour, who solidly gets through in two straight. Five more aces. She has the third most on the WTA this year. Only dropped three points on her first serve for Ange Jabour. So taking a look at the Wednesday schedule in Charleston, you got last week's runner-up, Donka Kovinich, taking on Lauren Davis, who beat Coco Vandeweghe in her first match. How about Shelby Rogers at a career-high 45 in the world? Isla Tomjanovic against another teenager, Clara Tawson, expecting big things from her, and Francesca DiLorenzo taking on now Habino. A lot still to get to here on TC Live. Danny and Prakash get us set for our Wednesday lineup in Monte Carlo. Plus, how about Taylor Fritz playing for the second straight week as the number one ranked American man? How would he back it up in Monaco? You're watching TC Live. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Chanda, John, Steve, back with you on TC Live. Taylor Fritz playing his second tournament as the top-ranked American man. Just one in four head-to-head against Roberto Bautista Agud, who made the semifinals in Miami, John. Yeah. Nice birthday gift with Bautista Goot is such a tough out. And this is always, I think, a difficult matchup for Taylor Fritz, who is so solid from the ground, tried to come in and take the aggressive play to Agut, but he's just got such good court sense, court awareness, and a few misses like that one in some critical moments for Fritz that put the match out of reach. Bautista Agut, so solid in getting through this one. So Taylor Fritz goes out. The Spaniard only dropped four points behind that first serve. Uh, John, uh, Skype, we, uh, you know, technology, sometimes it doesn't work during the highlights. But you were mentioning that Roberto Bautista Agut on Wednesday turns 33 years old. Here he is coming off a semifinal in Miami, backs that up on the clay with a win against the top-ranked American man. He's beaten Rublev. He's beaten Medvedev. He's beaten Team. Nice win today over Taylor Fritz. And 33 ain't what it used to be, but he gave himself... A nice early birthday gift. Very solid win for a very solid player. He's up to number 11. Nine is his career high. I would think that by the French Open, he may have a new career high, guys. Certainly could. He's got another American, Tommy Paul, in the next round. But 
Another Italian in action in Monte Carlo. There were eight Italians on the court. Matteo Berrettini playing his first event since Australia. Chanda out with an ab injury for a while, taking on Alejandro Davidovich Fokina for the first time. Yeah, and that's a long time on the heels of 2020, which was already kind of scratchy and up and down. And it was Davidovich Fokina who was just quick off the ball, quick off the mark there with that lob, perfectly placed to give himself the break point, close out the first set. And you know, in the second, Berrettini was still battling, trying to work his way into this match, but maybe a little sluggish, maybe just not quite into the rhythm of playing matches. And Davidich Fokina just a bit quicker off the mark and able to close it out in two straight. Backing up a win against Alex Dimonor with a win against Matteo Berrettini. First career top 10 win for the Spaniard, another Italian. Yannick Sinner, youngest player in the top 25, taking on Albert Ramos Vignolas. A 19-year-old with an auspicious start to the clay court season. He made the finals in Miami, Chanda, and backs that up here on the clay against the Spaniard. Yeah, it's not always easy to back up a big result, especially making that transition from the hard courts. But Sinner, he is impressing us time and time again, growing. You can see his game growing by leaps and bounds. And he's just such a mature player out there in big points. He's making the right decisions there, taking that ball out of the air, able to be just a little bit more aggressive in big moments. And against Ramos Vignolas, who is a solid campaigner, Sinner just able to break him down, make this match look very routine. So Yannick Sinner moving on, and let's take a look at how those eight Italians did. They went 5-3 and three on the day. Marco Cecchinato with a victory. Salvador Caruso with a victory. Fabiano goes out. Travaglia goes out. And Lorenzo Sinego picking up a win as well. So five Italians getting wins of the eight. Now, John Yannick Sinner has a tough opponent next. He's got the number one ranked player in the world. He's got Novak Djokovic. These two know each other quite well. In fact, Sinner was saying the first time they ever practiced together was on these very courts in Monte Carlo. So can that give him a little bit of comfort going into this match against the world number one? Yeah, and remember, he has sort of the, the Ricardo Piatti factor as well. So not just familiarity, but he has someone in the camp who knows Djokovic and the psychology. But obviously, Djokovic, number one player in the world, he's going to be the favorite. But boy, Sinner just impresses and impressive. And Shanda, you said it today. I mean, he took out a 33-year-old clay quarter guy in the top 50 like it was a routine win. Sinner, 19-year-old, he looked like the veteran today. And these wins keep mounting and mounting. Novak will be the favorite, but I think this match will be a great barometer match for Sinner, and I think he has a real shot. Yeah, I think this will be a good test for Yannick Sinner, and certainly for Novak. He's not going to be taking this match for granted. You can see how much trouble Sinner has given his opponents, even when he's lost matches. And I think what you notice in how he plays is how calm, how poised he stays under pressure. He's got this really even keel. That should help him in that matchup against Djokovic. And if he can get the serve going, if he can force Djokovic to play from some uncomfortable positions, he's got a real shot in the match. We saw what Sinner was able to do against Rafa at Roland Garros. Listen, Novak Djokovic, two-time champion at Monte Carlo. The youngest player to beat a world number one, the last time it happened, was Nick Kyrgios against Rafa Nadal at Wimbledon. It's been a while, but Yannick Sinner could get it done against Novak Djokovic. When we come back, 2019 Charleston champion Madison Keys honors the event. Kindness wins when we return. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ruben Wertham Weissman back on TC Live. Madison Keys presenting medals of kindness to Charleston Tournament Director Bob Moran, as well as Tournament Manager Eleanor Adams last week. She said she was so excited to honor them as part of her Kindness Wins Foundation. Said for years they have gone above and beyond to host the largest WTA-only event in North America and make players feel at home when they are there. I certainly second that. Bob and Eleanor are incredibly kind and warm and hospitable humans. Uh, You know Bob and Eleanor, Chanda. I mean, they just, they take care of us. They take care of the players. And that's why everybody loves going to Charleston. Yeah, I mean, they treat everybody as if they are so happy to have them there. Like, you know, you're at their home. And that's why players love playing there. I've enjoyed going, playing there and going back. Uh, and uh, it was fantastic to see them get recognized. And you could tell how much that meant to Madison Keys to be able to give them those medals, that recognition. John? We have doubled Charleston this year. So a uh, doubly nice gesture to give players a second playing opportunity. And for Madison Keys, players, we've seen this in the past, align themselves with different philanthropies and different causes. This one's a little bit different. It's anti-bullying, sort of anti-aggression on social media. It stresses empathy. But this is a cause that Madison feels very strongly about, and she's been part of this effort for years now. Nice to see her bring it to a tournament that, as you say, is one of the favorite stops on the circuit, Dex. Kindness always wins. Well done, Madison. Well done, Bob. Well done, Eleanor. We love y'all. All All right, some action from Charleston now, that 250 event. How about Emma Navarro? The 19-year-old got her first WTA win last week with her family looking on and then went and won two matches for UVA. She's a freshman in college, Chanda. Today, she would get her second WTA victory. Yeah, I mean, she's just racking up the wins, and it doesn't matter in which arena. She's taking on all comers and did so today. This was an up-and-down first set where Navarro got up to love, then the tide shifted, but she was able to gather herself and adjust. And after that first set, it was Martinsova who had the trainer come out, had her ankle tape. It was her Achilles that she kept pointing to, so it was difficult to tell when she might have hurt it, but it was a real problem for her. And here at 3-2 in the second set where Navarro had turned things around again, Martinsova not able to continue. So a difficult way to win a match, but for Emma Navarro, Really positive, the way she played, the way she competed, the way she adjusted in that match today. She's been playing a lot of tennis. Listen, she's 16-1 and as a freshman at UVA right now, ranked sixth in the country, according to the ITA, five-time ACC Player of the Week, John. And then she goes from winning against NC State to winning on the WTA Tour. And she gets to sleep in her own bed while she does it. But, uh, no, this so far has been a very nice tournament for college tennis in general. We saw you know, Francesca DiLorenzo beat Christy Ahn in a college match today. But very nice showing from Emma Navarro. And, uh, again, this is uh, her hometown tournament. We talked about it with Shelby Rogers, but this means a lot to her as well. Probably doesn't hurt that she's that familiar with the context, with the courts, with the complex, but she's sure playing like it. And how about this? She gets Linda Frovertova next. So... Teenagers, a battle. <laughs> big, big opportunity Fine. for Emma there. All right, time now to enter the social net. Uh, some tough news for Daniil Medvedev, John. Tested positive for COVID, so had to withdraw himself from the tournament in Monte Carlo. 
yeah, first and foremost, uh, we hope uh, you know, this, this, this is mild stuff and he recovers quickly. A uh, bit, bit of an irony that at a time when players are starting to get vaccinated, we're still seeing a positive test. This obviously, this is our second seed in Monte Carlo. This has an impact on the draw. This has an impact on men's tennis. The French Open is a few weeks away, but first and foremost, we hope that uh, this is minor stuff and we see Daniil soon, but uh, no Monte Carlo for him. This is a guy who, he, he said he didn't like clay court tennis, but I don't think he wanted to exit the uh, first clay court event quite in this fashion. Yeah, and there was some concern. He'd practiced with Rafa Nadal on Monday, so does that put Nadal at some risk here? You just hope that there are no more positive tests, that Daniil Medvedev doesn't have any ill effects, and if he does, that he recovers as quickly as possible. But it's just important to remember, you know, there still has to be these health concerns. We are not out of the woods yet, and everybody has to remain vigilant. Absolutely, Chanda. And the bubble restrictions relaxed in Monte Carlo. Players that have a residence there allowed to stay at home. Daniil Medvedev, one of those players. Uh, well, the NFL draft is in Cleveland. Now we've got a WTA event, Chanda, in Cleveland. They're coming to the land right before the U.S. Open. How about that? Yeah, this is excellent news and always great when you hear about more playing opportunities, especially in these uncertain times. And before the U.S. Open, players looking to get those extra matches on the hard court. And, you know, this will be fun. Nice views there in Cleveland. And, uh Great to hear everything is shaping up to bring players there. We love new cities embracing tennis, giving more opportunities to spread this game. And, John, how about this? we got a new sculpture of Roland Garros on the grounds that bear his name. The aviator Roland Garros. Yeah, there, we always thought there's something ironic about uh, naming the venue for an aviator, and yet Playport Tennis is so earthbound. It literally is earth, but they are sticking with Roland Garros. Remember, too, this is going to be an Olympic venue soon as well. So this will be ready in time. This will be unveiled at the French Open in a few weeks, but also this will loom large at the Paris. I love that. The Cloud Kisser is what the sculpture is called. This guy was the first ever fighter pilot. It was the first guy to ever cross the Mediterranean on a plane. And at a very young age, as we you know, talk about teenagers on the tennis court, I mean, this guy was a hero. I think he died by 30, yeah. but had accomplished so much. And, you know, it's fantastic to read about his story, to understand why the facility is named for him, and to kind of celebrate that. The cloud kisser. Roland Garros. Can't wait to get back to Paris and, and see that wonderful new sculpture. Well... Take a look at our lineup on Wednesday. We start bright and early, 5 a.m. Eastern. Got the action from Monte Carlo, plus Charleston at 1 p.m. And TC Live following the final match, whenever it may be. We'll be right back. Back on Tennis Channel Live, take a look at this lineup from Monte Carlo. Andre Rublev back in action. Novak Djokovic taking on Yannick Sinner. Rafa Nadal, the 11-time champion. There is a prince in Monaco. That man is the king, and he comes back every year. Sasha Zvera beginning his run in Monte Carlo as well. And let's head back to the Principality for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back at the DraftKings desk. Prakash, we've been anxiously awaiting this moment, and it is here, the 11-time Monte Carlo champ, Rafael Nadal, in action on Wednesday. Can't wait to see him play. I mean, Rafa and the clay court season, it's, it's like Sampras and the grass. It's like Federer and Wimbledon, strawberries and cream. It just goes together. You can see he's walking around like he owns the place as he should. He's won it 11 times. Cannot wait to see him jump on the court. Well, Nadal, a lefty, and he's actually playing against another lefty in Federico Del Bonis. What should we expect there? 
Uh, I, I think it's going to be one-way traffic. Uh, Delbonis obviously very comfortable on clay, but this is Rafa's house. And if it gets a little windy, Delbonis might need to watch that serve toss a little bit. All right, looking forward to a big Wednesday here, Steve. All right, thanks so much. Rafa Nadal, 4, 45, and 40. Lifetime on clay, John. I mean, he owns this swing with double-digit wins. Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Roland Garros. Uh, <laughs> is he going to get 12 this year? We're starting to exhaust our supply of adjectives to describe Nadal's dominance on clay. And there also doesn't seem to be I mean, anything leading up. It's like, uh, you know, it's like a, a wet iPhone, and this is his rice. Uh, so he turns his season around quickly on clay. We're all waiting to see what he looks like uh, starting his campaign in Monte Carlo. But, boy, you, you just sort of pencil him in as the player to beat until the second week in June. He's like a wet iPhone, and this is his rice. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm just stuck on that right there. So it makes him better, makes him well, more. Well, it uh, fixes him, right? Like, it, well, it turns, he's not broken. He's not, so I don't know, because, like, that Love does that fix line, the iPhone. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need fixing. That's right. It just makes him, I guess it makes, makes him, him better. better. <laughs> I don't know. If you have a working iPhone, you just put it in rice. It's the same iPhone. <laughs> right? Am I wrong here, Tim? You're not wrong. Okay. You're not, let, let's discuss after but, this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our coverage continues 5 a.m. Eastern. For John and Chad, I'm Steve. Thanks so much for joining us on TC Live.